All right, let's begin this morning. I hope you had a chance to greet one another. You know, last week we had our senior young adult lunch. And if you were wondering, boy, let me tell you, I think the uh, senior citizens ran and the younger adults around the, uh, the restaurant. Boy, let me tell you, we went to a place that had pool tables and uh, they, were, they were showing them how to do it. Let me tell you, there was a day that if you said that young adults played the senior citizens of the church in pool, oh no. Let me tell you, but it was a great day. We had a good time. You know, yesterday uh, we had a memorial service for Ronnie Whitlock, Paula, and Jared. Jared is the son, Paula is the wife, sits over here on my right. It's good to see them this morning. Um, that's what the beautiful flowers are for. We had a great memorial service, and uh, we're going to miss him, but I know that he is having a great day. And, uh, you know, we, we celebrate this. You know, I looked, and it was good to see Dana. She's back with us. She's been out for several weeks. And then and I looked, and I looked, and Coy is here, and I don't know if Sherry's back yet, but she's sitting up Coy and Joe, uh, Coy and Sherry lost their husbands just recently. Uh, Joe and and Ken Davis passing away, but you know I noticed that they they used to kind of sit in the back, and and now they're moving to the front. And I think, look out! Ken and Joe are in heaven, going, look at them go. Before we get going, we have some business to do. I want to pray for those that are sick at our church. If, if you're going through some pain in your body or, or you know somebody that is, this, let's just let's get that out of the way, huh? I know that Terry Vodder has been dealing with some issues in his body. We're going to pray for him uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, Heath, would you just go back there and lay hands on Terry, as we pray. Anybody else? Would you just raise your hand if you want to agree with me in prayer right now on somebody you know or yourself? Let's pray. Father, today, there is nothing too hard for you. And Father, I pray that, God, those that are here today that are suffering in body, God, be healed in Jesus' name. God, your name is above all names. And one of those names is sickness. God, you are above sickness. And Father, today we pray for these, and God, we pray for Terry, that God, that he would be healed in Jesus' name, that all the, the chemotherapy and all the, the things that doctors say is the consequences would not be the consequence for Terry. God, we pray for favor in his life, that he would not be able to go through any pain for that. In your name we ask, and everybody in agreement said, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I want you, uh, if you do not have pen and paper to take notes, we're going to build off what we've built off for weeks, talking about inviting Jesus into your difficult times. And then we've entered a new series called uh, The Building of a Warrior. And the reason I use that is because sometimes when you use a title that's kind of extraordinary above, even somebody's thinking of their identity, they go, a warrior? Are you kidding? Me, a warrior? Yes, I'm talking about you. Now, kind of to define it as we did last week, you know, we, we think about a warrior and, you know, all these different people throughout history and, you know, the Spartan warrior or the ninja, you know, from Asia, you know, Japan or China, whatever. I think it's Japan. Uh, all the different people that you would consider the, uh, the American patriot, you know, the Marine, the Army, the Navy. I, I don't want to miss anybody. The Air Force, all of them. Warriors. But the definition not only is that, but also one definition was setting goals and developing the strength and skills to accomplish them. Let me say it again. Everybody with me? Setting goals and developing the strength and skills to accomplish them. Now, again, setting goals is another way of saying for us as believers that we realize is um, 
in Ephesians 2.10 that it says that we are God's masterpieces. We can say we're warriors. What? Because we're God's masterpiece, which He prearranged, He pre-planned for us to do good works before we even knew the foundations of the earth, before they were even set. This morning, it is so important for us to realize that when we go from just moving in our maturity to, you know, like what we talked about so many times, one year experience, ten years in a row, to actually getting more and more experiences in the Word of God and living them out so we become stronger. The, the thought is this, is we're moving from just making God and Jesus Savior over our life so that we don't go to hell. If you preach hot enough fire, people go, I don't like fire. Sign me up. But it's a whole nother issue when they have to make him Lord of their life. Where they say, God, you're in control. Like we talked about a while ago, walking in love. When we make him Lord of our life, it's not a choice for us. We've already made him Lord of our life. And he says for us as followers of Jesus Christ to do that. Now, when we invite Jesus into our difficult times, and we've gone through all that series, remember that the parable of the sower, where some of the word of God, the seed, fell upon a thorny ground, and the thorns came up and choked it, the seed. Remember why? It's the, it's the worries of life. Anybody gone through a worry in your life? Yeah. Worries of life, deceitfulness of riches, and then there's a blanket. Desire for other things. In other words, what is being said is all these things can choke out and not make what we know, the Word of God, to be fruitful in our life, to yield a harvest. So what happens is if we're not inviting Him into our difficulties, we just constantly pray, God, give me out, give me out, give me out, give me out, give me out. We're not allowing the Word of God to develop roots in our life that we can, you know, go through the worst storms that is imaginable. Nobody wants you to go through it. We don't expect, God, I know I'm going into No. But when we find ourselves in this life going through tough times, we invite Him in. And through inviting Him in, He walks with us through those times and it reaps a harvest inside of what we're going to be and who we're becoming as a warrior. As I said last week, the first word that we have to get down in developing is the word obedience. Now, now again, I can be obedient all day and night, but there's some issues or some areas of my life where I go, you know, God, I'm still working on that. Well, that's called disobedience. Now, again, I'm here not to condemn you by any means. We have grace. But let's, let's move on. Come on. Let me ask you, as today, the, I guess the divining, divining, the definition of my message, the title of my message is Divine Interruptions. Have you ever gone through life and you've had an interruption and it just kind of blew apart your whole day? Now, now watch this. What goes off in your head? Or what, what, what's being played in your head when the unexpected collides with your busy? All of a sudden, your day moves into slow motion. And the momentum that you had, all of a sudden, is hijacked. And you go, God, I could have got something done today. If I didn't have to save all those burning babies in that building. I'm exaggerating to make a point. But, but there's sometimes that we have a to-do list and the more melancholy we are, look out. Melancholies. Detail-oriented people. I've got to clean my kitchen. I've got to wash the car. I've got to... Water the lawn. And, and at the end of the day, if we don't have all those checked, we didn't have a good day. <laughs> As the melancholy says. 
Could someone just lay their hands on him? No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, I, I deal with this too. If I'm not careful, I've got my whole list checked, and I feel like I've accomplished something. But the, the things that God is bringing in our path is way more important than getting everything on our list checked. Now, I'm not talking about sitting on the couch. Come on, all of you hard workers. I'm, not, I'm going to speak to you, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, guys. Come on. I'll speak to you. I'm not talking about sitting on the couch all day. But I am talking about when you're in motion, looking, longing for God. And we're going to talk about this in a minute. All of a sudden, God brings things across your path. And it's up to you to catch what he's doing in your life. But uh, it, it's looked at by us a lot of times as an interruption into our plans. Now, let me show you this. Because here's uh, Jesus and how he did life. And really... Uh, somebody, one of his lead disciples, could have carried a plaque around his neck or a billboard out in front, you know, leading the way, that could have had a title that says something like this, All Plans Subject to Change. Just to remind anybody in the group, hey, there's going to be interruptions. And it's funny because, you know, when you watch something like the, the TV series that's out called The Chosen, you can see those people that are so, I got to get that done. I got to do this. I got to do that. And Jesus is like, I'm the teacher. We're going to be in school even if you think it's called an interruption. In Luke chapter 8, all these different things that sometimes... If, if we look at Luke chapter 8, let me just show you how all plans subject to change happens. This is a typical day. You, you start out in verse 4, and, and it's an impromptu teaching of a large crowd, and it's gathered spontaneously. That, that's the parable of the sower, so he's teaching. Then it's followed up by meetings with his disciples to explain the teaching they didn't get. Then mother and brother show up unexpectedly, and it gets a little awkward if you know what happened there. He crosses the lake with his disciples, and a storm suddenly arises, and they nearly lose it. An interruption. We're going to the other side, but what about this storm? It's an interruption. They get to the other side, a demon-possessed man, naked and violent. Talk about an interruption. Immediately approaches them, and things are changed. Then, as an interruption, the demons enter into a pig or a group of pigs unexpectedly, and they drowned in a lake. Okay, now let's just get back to normal, right? No, all the townspeople come out spontaneously, gathered, afraid, and ask him to leave. Hey, wait just a minute. That shouldn't have went that way, but it was an interruption. They cross the lake back, and they meet a man at their boat, and, and he's begging for them to come and heal his dying daughter. They follow him, Jairus, as we talked about last week. They follow him home, and on the way, a woman is healed from a bleeding. That was an interruption, if you remember. Almost to the house when the messengers meet us, and Jairus' daughter had died. That's a little unexpected interruption. They arrive at the house and the house is full of mourners. They had to leave the mourners outside and they raised the girl from the dead. Just another day of interruptions and unexplained events. But the difference is Jesus submits himself and subjects himself, which is obedience, to the will of God in his life. Now, to us, I, don't, I can't speak for you, but to me, a lot of that would have been a train wreck. And I could have lost my day. Can I get anybody that would be there with me? Because I just want to make sure that I'm not preaching to holy people that do not have issues too. Think about it. 
Because each one of those things, there was a sudden impact on a person's life that changed their whole life trajectory. There's something that took place that they were going one way, and, and because of Jesus, there was a change. When you just think about the parable of the sower, you might put that down on the list, but that, that passage of Scripture has changed my life. You get into the demonic man that is roaming the countryside naked and screaming. I think that changed a couple people's life, including him. And on and on. Because Jesus made himself available to the Father, because he was sensitive to the leading of the Father, he was able to be in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about all that God had planned for him. Now, we're going to get into that for you and me to give you some heads up. And I want you to see this because as you come into our church and, and, and what we do is we have a membership class and it's not something spooky pokey. We don't turn off the lights and have a candle. I am a member of the chapel. No. We don't give out t-shirts and all that. But we say this. The more that you present yourself to the church to be a part of leadership and involved in the church, the more rights you give up. And here's one that's always a, a winner. You know, when I say something, we're looking for fat members, and everybody goes, ah! and I say, what that means is faithful, available, teachable. Okay, okay, I'm back. I'm going to, I can be a member. But to be faithful is one thing, but to be available is a whole other thing, and then teachable, come on. And when you look at the life of Jesus, and as we are his disciples, disciplined learners and followers of Jesus, he put himself in a faithful, available, teachable situation every time. He's willing to teach and constantly when people are going, I don't get it. But each time there was a significant impact in the lives of those people. And when we do the same thing, God gives us the ability to make a significant impact on the people that are around us, including our families. Let, let, let me give you kind of a something to think about. Consider making these four, quote, notes to self for the next time your day's interrupted. We've talked about some of them already, so we'll just summarize it. Note to self number one, welcome interruptions. Now, this is hard to do, I know it. But it's inviting Jesus into those difficult situations. We went through this whole series, and again, when we invite him in, we begin to learn and we begin to see things differently the next time we go through interruptions and difficulties in our life. Note to self number two, do a reality check. We talked about it a little bit last week. In the midst of our busyness and there's an interruption, sometimes we get out of whack of what is really what is a reality and what is not. Sometimes our belief system is put in check because what feels so right, we think about it as so right, you're so wrong. And to make that illustration, remember I did the bat and the ball, and if you weren't here, I'm going to say it real quick. Do not get bogged down in this, okay? Because I did, you don't. Okay. A bat and a ball cost $1.10 together. The bat cost a dollar more than the ball. What does the ball cost? And everybody says, initially, unless you slow down, slow down, slow down, usually we pop off 10 cents because we heard a dollar more. But if the ball was 10 cents and the bat is a dollar more, then the bat would be a dollar 10, making it together a dollar 20. Now, not always, but sometimes people get the revelation when I say it that way. 
Okay, okay. Now, I am the one that was still arguing, it's still 10 cents after I got the answer. And some of you are looking like, I still don't get it. It's okay, it's okay. The ball is five cents. The bat then is a dollar more, which is a dollar five. Pastor John, you amaze me with your illustrations. Thank you very much. Okay, just because it's Sunday, I give you another riddle real quick. When I was four, my sister was half my age. Today I'm 20. How old is my sister? She's not 10. She's 63. No, I'm kidding. Everybody's like, what? Didn't see that one. That was an interruption. She's 18. If you're a member, I'll explain it to you later. No, I'm kidding. But the point I'm making is do a reality check because so many times our belief system has been based off of our experiences and it's not based off of the Word of God. Let me quickly say it. The belief system, we make choices. And out of our choices, we are put into experiences and those experiences will contradict or confirm our belief system. Here's what I'm telling you is sometimes you need to do a reality check because your belief system has been based on, well, God don't work like that anymore. Or maybe it's like this, God can only work this way. We talked about that with the men that came last week, the men in the story last week that had leprosy. Remember the first time Jesus healed the people with the man with leprosy? He just reached out his hand. He touched him and he was healed. Ten men come to Jesus and the next time Jesus goes, go and show yourself to the priest. We talked about that. Sometimes our belief system is, well, I'm not going to be healed because the way you heal people, Jesus, is you lay hands on them. But it said, as they went, it's a new day. Come on. Have a reality check. Do a reality check when, you're, when your faith is put into check. And let me tell you, I know, I know sometimes when you speak faith, you think, God, I don't feel like this is right. I just don't. Does God's word say it's right? then do what God's Word says, even if it doesn't feel right. Yeah. I've been there. It doesn't feel good when you think, I'm believing for a promotion, and it feels like I just got a demotion. I'm going the other way. You still believe. Do a reality check. Is your belief system based on the Word of God or on the tradition of men, or is it based on what somebody else is saying? Framing your thinking. Number three, note to self, which I want to stay. And then we'll do uh, number four. Get into note to self. Number four is get in Jesus' head and stay there. And we'll talk about that next week. We're going to have probably one of the most interactive services that you've ever been to next week. Heads up. You will talk about this sermon. You might... Just come next week. All right. You'll have fun and uh, you'll never forget the service. All right. So this point is note to self number three. And it's be on the lookout for God. A lot of people that are believers, (laughs) come on guys, some of us are just right down boring. And, And I don't, I'm not pointing out anybody, so I don't want to insult anybody, but, but being a believer should be, based on the believer's life, really think about it. James Bond ought to be boring. Because we're people of faith, so we're walking by faith and not by sight, and people look at, how do you do that? When we are on the lookout for God, it's a whole new way of living life if you haven't lived this way and walking by faith. 
Let, let me bring to your mind, in Matthew chapter 23 and Luke chapter 19, similar passages talking about when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. And, and, and he's saying, I wish Jerusalem, I wish you Jewish people, you Israelites, would have known who was here. But you missed it. Let, let me kind of get into Luke chapter 19 because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of summarize what I, uh, Matthew chapter 23 says. But in Luke chapter 19, it says it's the day of um, the triumphal entry. What do we call this Sunday before Easter? Palm Sunday. This is the Sunday what we celebrate as Christians, Palm Sunday, where they lay down palm branches. But, th but this is kind of this situation this is the story they brought it to Jesus they brought it to Jesus they threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it as he went along people spread their cloaks on the road when they came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives everybody follow me where, where he's going to be crucified all the, the things that are going to go on the, the whole crowd of the disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for their miracles that they had seen Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But some of the Pharisees. Now, now, again, can I just stop here? Because every time we hear Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, people of the law, religious leaders in the Bible, a lot of times we kind of go, ooh, boo, you know, you know. Can I tell you, these are good people. But they have been building over year, over year, over year belief systems that they just, it's not based on the Word of God. They're, they're trying, but they're just trying and they're going in the wrong way. And the biggest thing is that they were putting their belief system, God only works this way. And they are not aware that the Messiah, the Son of God, is right there. Now hear this, because in a minute I'm going to parallel that with your life. The Holy Spirit is right there. Where? Right here. Inside of us. Now listen how blinded they are because here's the disciples and the people that are putting down palms on the road, you know, the, the donkey, the colt that he's riding on and it, it's a triumphal entry, it's a good day and, and people are celebrating and yeah, 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 it's great. And then there's a group of people called the Pharisees in the crowd that said to Jesus, Teacher! Rebuke your disciples. Because why? They're saying something about you that is blasphemy. Blasphemy is saying something against God that is unforgivable. See how far their belief system has gone? The traditions of men have built such a belief system, they've almost built a stronghold that if God shows up, they're for sure not going to see. Rebuke your disciples. And then, then the famous verse is, Jesus says, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now, now that, that is a powerful passage of Scripture because Jesus is saying, you really don't get it. I'm not going to say be quiet, but if you would understand the moment that even these stones understand and would cry out. So then in verse 41, this is my conjecture of what I see is Jesus after seeing this and he knows what he's just come into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry, and he's about ready to go to the cross. And he begins to say this, he says, as he approaches Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And said, if you had, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, 
but now it will be hidden from your eyes. And then it talks about the tragedy that's coming on Jerusalem. And then at the end of that passage of Scripture, it says, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. He's grieving. He's weeping because he knows that the chosen people missed their visitation of God. He had been on the earth 30 years and the majority of people didn't even realize it. Think about this. For over 2,000 years that Jesus, or 2,000 years that the Jews had been waiting and watching and praying for the Messiah, and now he's here and they, they, they're missing it. And people are still missing Jesus today. So here's the question Are you? Now, now, again, you're saying, oh no, oh no, am I? Let me tell you, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here. I'm here to give you revelation, hopefully, that'll bring you to another understanding. This empowers the believer to realize passages that we've heard in the message of salvation that says, and, and it can be, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door at knock. Anyone hears my voice, I'll come in and have supper with them. I'll, I'll be with them. Now, again, a message of salvation coming into somebody's heart, the parallel, okay. But in Revelations, that's talking to believers. And a lot of times, we're unaware. Now, now, let me speak very gently because I love you very much. If you've ever been around somebody that just has a problem with awareness, it seems like they put their foot in their mouth. They stumble in and they're awkward socially because they're not aware of their surroundings. They could be in the presence of, you know, somebody, you know, nobility, you know, and they'd be like, Pasho's Fritos over here. You know, come on, dude. They just are unaware. Lisa was telling me it. She was in, in, at a table with a, an executive of Pepsi, and she was like, wow. And one of the men that is under Lisa was invited also to the, the table to eat. And he was asking questions and making comments that were just so... Lisa was like, oh, my goodness. Has anybody known anybody? Jesus is saying, I'm here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I, I'm here. Just open the door. And, and a lot of times people aren't in the know of how do I, how is it possible to hear Jesus' voice? If you look at Revelations 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You look down at verse 22, it says, The one whose heart is open. He goes on to say, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying. Remember last week we talked about Jesus saying, uh, I have so much more to tell you, but you can't bear it. But he says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide us in the right place. Uh, he'll, he'll do, let me say it this way. In the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about all that God has for your destiny. And here's what I pray. God, put me in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about all that you have for me. And God, can I ask one more thing, please? <laughs> at least kind of sort of thing. Can you help me be aware of it when I am in that place? Not that evening when I'm laying in bed. But being aware that when you put me in that place, even God, I'm going to need help, even when I think it's an interruption. Because in the, what I think sometimes is an interruption, it's a divine appointed interruption of God saying, John, can you slow down your busyness to hear me? Now, let me just kind of start wrapping it up because i got so much next week. But to have the mind of Christ 
is to be able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about this next week in this interactive service that you won't want to miss. To be able to understand and to really believe, to take a step of maturity, is to believe that the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, you could say God Himself lives within us. And that's like having the power that raised Christ from the dead. To be able to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice in our life, and He says, this is what I have for your life. You know what that does in my life? I hope it does in your life. It gives you hope. Which then we can put our faith in that hope that God led us in this way. Faith is being sure of the things we hope for. Certain of the things we do not see. But then there's a power twin that goes with faith. And it's called something that all of us... It's almost worse as interruptions. It's called... It's kind of a bad word. We don't even need to say it in church, but it's called patience. Sorry if I offended anybody today on that word. We don't have that up there on the board. Yeah, don't put that back. But if you don't work in faith and patience, and it's the hope that we constantly, God, I know you're bringing that about in our life. There it is, faith and patience. But first you have to believe that the voice of the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And a lot of times we don't even realize the voice because until you get into the Word and allow the Word of God to speak to you, listen, listen. A lot of people say, how do you know? Do you know the Word of God? No, I don't really. You won't even recognize the voice of God if you don't know the Word of God. This is not, you don't have to memorize from cover to cover. Get get in the Word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you. So when you're going through your day and and those thoughts begin to pop into your head. Not the crazy thoughts, because we bring every thought captive and subject to the Word of God. But as the voice of the Holy Spirit begins to put us in the right place at the right time, that's the same thing as when we begin to read. Let me just encourage you to do something. Sometimes it, it almost sounds like, you know, a little bit too much. Just try it, huh? You've tried your system for a while. Try something different. Why don't you put things around where you know you're going to be today and tomorrow and the next day? It might be on the refrigerator. You might have to move it so you don't become blinded to it. That something is a message to your future self. Here's what I call it. A hope picture. Like, I'm believing for things in our church, and I've got a picture of that right there where I get dressed every morning. There's people that I'm believing for healing that I've got their business card with their picture on it. And and, and companies that I've been praying for, I've prayed for the prosperity of companies at at, uh, Whataburger and other places in the past, and I, I put their card right there, and I'm praying for them. That's a hope picture. Because it, it, it constantly brings it to the front of my brain called the rectangular activating system. So I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. Faith and patience, faith and patience, faith and patience, faith and patience. You know how this works, and there's some people here that will even testify to this. It's faithfulness, faithfulness, faithful, just doing the little things, just the little thing, And it's just faithful every day. You get up and you be faithful, you do be faithful. You do faithful, you do faithful, you do faithful. And I mean, you're faithful, and the next day, guess what? Faithful, faithful, and then you're faithful some more. The next day, you're faithful. You know where you're going to be 30 days from now because you're going to be faithful. And then you're going to be faithful, and you begin to put one foot in the front of the other. And what is that? That's faithfulness. And then a faithful, you're going to believe faithful. And you get up the next morning, what am I going to do today? I'm going to be faithful. And then I'm going to be faithful tomorrow and the next day and the next month. I'm going to be faithful and faithful and faithful. And one day you pop out of bed and you go, what is that? I'm fruitful. I'm fruitful. 
And all of a sudden, you begin to see things change in your life because of the faithfulness of God. And all of a sudden, you begin to see that, and people go, well, what did you do? I can't even really tell you what I did except faithfulness. That's boring. Can you tell me something else? Come on, come on. Did you stand on one foot? Did you, did you hold your mouth a certain way? Did you jump through that? No, I just was I just, just faithful. Because you're putting things in front of you. You're believing what the Holy Spirit has spoken to your life. Now, let me say this. In Isaiah 30, that I've heard, Lisa even quoted it today from the platform, and I thought, she's going to preach my sermon if I'm not. And then the tongues and interpretation of building a warrior, and she'd mentioned a soldier. and I mean, it, it's coming together. Listen to this. God is talking to the Israelites, and they've chose to do all these other things instead of what God has said over their life. And he said... It, in returning to me. Hello, I'm over here. You could say this. He's saying, I'm over here knocking. But you want salvation. You want to be rescued. You want to see things happen. It's in returning to me and resting in me. Do you remember Hebrews chapter 4 says, if they would have entered into my rest, the promises of God, the promised land, if they would have just entered into the rest because I'm already done. If they would have entered into my rest, but they would not mix faith with the promises. The giants are too big. The giants are too big. We can't go in there. Jesus said, it is in returning to me and resting in me that you'll be saved. Listen, it's in quietness and trusting confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. Now listen, as we're hearing the Holy Spirit speak to our lives, here's what we do. After about six weeks of being faithful, that's a long time. We don't see any fruitfulness. So we're missing a big skill to develop being a warrior, and it's called, here's the ability, stickability. Stick to it. Pastor, I go on six weeks. Six weeks? I got shirts older than your faith. Come on. Hold on. Develop a little stick to your ability. It's in quietness and trusting. Confidence shall be your strength, but you not. And then he gets in verse 18, and I quote this to myself a lot. And apparently Lisa does too. In verse 18 it says, and therefore. Now, now picture this. As we've been talking about the Holy Spirit living within us, and, and some people, I, I cannot reveal all of your background and how you feel about God. Some of you think, as I've said before, is a motorcycle cop, you know, with the mirrored glasses and the high boots. Boy, I caught you again. I don't know what your thought pattern of who God the Father is, but let me tell you in the Bible what he says or who he says he is. God of love. Listen to it. It says this, And therefore the Lord earnestly, I, I love some of these descriptive words. This is out of the Amplified Classic. And therefore the Lord earnestly waits, which is expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. Who? You. And therefore he lifts himself up. Can you see God on the throne with the uh, angels going around saying, Holy, holy. He lifts himself up. This. I get excited, man. He lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you. Anybody up for a little mercy and grace? Mm. Mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Now watch this. Somebody might say, well, God has never shown me loving kindness. Change your belief system and you'll begin seeing it. Somebody spoke that over your life and all you can do is have sunglasses on that you see things bad. What's framing your thinking? God says, this is who I am. But listen, 
This morning, as I in this message, all of us seek to be in a state of happiness. We've talked about that. That's where good things will develop, but a lot of times bad things will happen, addictions and stuff, because we want to go back to happiness. You want to know somebody that's happy? Look at this last part of this verse. Blessed, which is happy, fortunate, even to be envied, are all those who earnestly wait for him. What? Faithful, 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 because we've heard the voice of God speak into our life. Faithful, faithful. They're happy, fortunate, even to be enemy, or all those who earnestly wait for him, who expect, look, and long for him. What for? What are they looking for? His victory. That's over you. His, the victory, his love, his peace, his joy, and his matchless, unbroken companionship. You know, as I went through that list, I was trying to pick out my favorite. Victory's pretty good, man. I'll take that love. Oh, yeah, don't leave that out. Peace. Yeah, I got to have that. Joy? Oh, definitely joy. But when I get down to the, the description of his matchless, unbroken companionship. Now, now why is that so important? Do, do you remember Moses? You remember stuttering? I, I can't do, do God says, I'll be with you. That's his unmatchless companionship. When Gideon says, I'm the least of the least, God says, you know how you're going to do it? I'm going to be with you. And you get David believing that God's going to go with him. He's going, where's, where's the giant? You haven't even seen him yet. I don't care. Where's the giant? How can he do that? Because of his unmatchless, unbroken companionship. I'll go with you. Whew. Listen, as we develop and go from a, a, a Christian that's just coming into the knowledge of God and we're moving into maturity, realize that some of this sounds easy, but let me tell you, there's some saints of God that have learned this just by walking with God through the storms and allowing God to teach them and speak over their life and, and people of faith that walk in faith and not by sight. That's what I want our church to do. I want us to see things that other people don't see. Not that we're not that God says, I want all those people to go to, through bad things. No. His desire, the, the Bible says he's not slow concerning his promise, but his desire is that all come to repentance. All of them come into the family of God. But because you have chosen to walk in the things of God, the favor of God is on his children. So this morning as we end, I want to give you, again, remember, anybody tell me what last week's homework was? Smile. I hope you did that this week. Some of you are going, oh, I forgot to bring my homework. My dog ate my homework. That's why I didn't smile. Whatever your excuse is, just drop it and do it this week. I'm walking through Walmart, so I thought I got to do it this week. Let me tell you, some of those people hadn't been smiled at in probably weeks. Because they're doing this, double take. They're magnetized to smile. Nobody smiles at them. Yeah, amen. This week, it's a little different. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to read that. Now, listen, you got to read it slow. So you might have to read it every night. You might have to read it 10 times, whatever it takes. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Who's a Facebook person? Uh, Brooke? Where's Brooke? Put that on Facebook. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Read that. Meditate on that. If you have a person that you can read it to or talk about it, do that. Because it'll change your life, what we're going to be talking about next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all the blessings in our life. And God, what you're bringing us to. And Father, as we walk in obedience, God, we see things happen that we would have never seen before. But because of your word in our life, we believe that the Holy Spirit lives and resides in our life, which is more than just power. It, he directs and guides us in what direction to go, putting us in the right place at the right time to meet the right people. God, to bring everything into agreement with your will that you have for us. 
Father, my prayer is for everybody in our church that we would be aware when it happens, that we may take full advantage. In your name we pray, amen. I know this morning I'm running a little late, so I want to remind you, some people say we didn't take up an offering. Every Sunday we have these handsome men at the back with these plates that if you would like to give in the offering, we are so blessed with people that are givers that have realized that. I don't speak on giving every week, but just tell, let me tell you that you are blessed to be a blessing. Don't forget that. I always love it when somebody begins to tithe and they go, Pastor, you know what? That, that works. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. All right, here's a way that you can be a blessing. Uh, my friend, Johnny Parker. Johnny, will you stand? This big guy here. We call him Tiny. No, I'm just kidding. Johnny is going to help Alex and Nettie right over here. Alex, will you raise your hand? Alex is, uh, and Nettie, would you raise your hand? <laughs> Ooh, I'm glad Gwen wasn't here for that. All right. She's helping in the children's church. So uh, Alex and Nettie are faithful to Cambodia, and they have ministered there. They just got back the first of the year, and they're going to go back and minister uh, again next year, the first of the year. Um, and Johnny has a desire to go help them in Cambodia. So he's going to be, uh, hopefully everything's going to come together, and he's got some things that he's believing for and things that he's got <laughs> to do before he gets to go. But one of the ways that we can be a blessing is to help support not only Alex and Eddie that we've, we are going to do and we are doing, but to, to help send him. Uh, and he's going to give some of you uh, a little handout explaining where he's going to be and what he's going to do. And that's for a month that he's going to help Alex and Nettie be faithful, 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 faithful. And uh, before it's all over, we might even have some more going uh, to help Alex and Nettie. Amen? Amen. Amen. I know that we've had some young people in our church recently go. I know Christy has gone to Honduras, and um, we've gone to Honduras before uh, 2020, and uh, hopefully we'll go back to another missions trip, and who knows, we might even go to Cambodia and uh, all that good stuff. So why don't you stand with me, and we'll pray one more time and be dismissed. Father, I pray blessings over my friends and family here today. God, all of us are family of God. And Father, as we leave this place, God, as we heard today that we can be aware that your Holy Spirit is speaking. And Father, I'm asking that when your voice comes into our, our mind, God, that we are obedient. And Father, that we begin to believe that you can control the circumstances but when we do what you've asked us to do, Father, we're in the right place at the right time, meeting the right people. And Father, I pray that over my friends today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to the chapel today.